Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the Kind Parenting Company, wife, proud mum of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Welcome to episode number 12. Today's podcast is talking all things about our birth story and welcoming our twin boys into the world. So I have my husband, Matt, here. Hey, guys. And we thought we would just share a bit of a conversation surrounding that fateful day on the 29th of November when we became parents. Yeah, well, before we actually get into that, just um, a bit of scope for everyone listening. Kylie has a face mask on. (laughs) And <laughs> he can't take me serious. It looks like you're Mrs. You've, Doubtfire. You've got, <laughs> it looks like you've Hello, dear. someone's just squashed a cream pie in your face. So, <laughs> it's the Esme hydrating mask, and it is lovely. I'm sure it feels great, but I'm just this is these are the conditions that I have to work under here. So, and we're sharing a microphone, but yeah. just go with it. Yeah. So to give you some scope, I was really unwell throughout my whole pregnancy. And if you haven't yet listened to our pregnancy podcast, hit pause now and go and listen to that one where Matt and I talk all about falling pregnant with the boys and that whole pregnancy journey. But to get you up to speed, I had been having quite a few appointments with my obstetrician because when you are pregnant with twins, you're automatically considered to be more of a high risk than if you were pregnant with a singleton. So I had quite a good relationship with my obstetrician because I was seeing him frequently and his name is Matt. So we might refer to Matt throughout the podcast as well. Mm. Two Matts, a bit confusing. I also delivered our babies. (laughs) No, he definitely did not. Um, But we were scheduled to have a cesarean at 37 weeks and it was going to be 37 weeks kind of on the dot and that was to be a Monday. But the Friday before that, I had an appointment with my obstetrician, Matt, to go and have my final checkup. And before meeting with him, I was booked to go and walk through the hospital and be taken through the whole process of what to expect on that coming Monday. Now, that Thursday night before my appointment, I was in so much pain, wasn't I? Mm -hmm. I was in agony. I was in and out of the bath all night. I couldn't sleep. I was so uncomfortable. I really felt... I'm just at the end of my tether here. Like it's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think if I can remember correctly, one of the boys was sort of like really rubbing up against your your ribs Ribs, like on one side. Like it was just, you couldn't even sleep on that side. And like I was in all sorts. I really was. And so that Friday morning, Matt, it was his last day at work. And at that stage he was in construction. Yeah. So I had like a big day of like, um, a handover and all that sort of stuff before I went on, um, your two weeks paternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, let's not forget that we, in our head, heads, we 
assume that we had one last weekend together before the boys arrived. So we were kind of like, all right, you're going to get this appointment over with on the Friday and then we're going to have one last, you know, weekend together and just get it, make sure everything's ready and relax and take it nice and slow and on Monday game day. We would go through the process on Monday. So Friday morning I had said to Matt, I'm really, really uncomfortable. I'm in so much pain. I think I need you to come with me to this appointment. And Matt just being so loving and so supportive. All right. Um, Catch you later, babe. I'm off to work. <laughs> he was like, no, I, I, don't know. I cannot I, miss this handover day. I don't know if it was like, if you felt like that in the morning or if it was during the, like in the morning when I was already at work. Mm, no, because I can remember you walking out the door and I was in the bath and I was saying to you, I really don't know if I should be driving myself 45 minutes to the hospital. Oh, okay. I'm that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Matt has a very strong work ethic. One of the uh, things I love about him. I kind of feel like I've repressed a lot of these. Like <laughs> You do. You push them down. You're like, no, that wasn't me. Like, 100% <laughs> was you. Classic denial. <laughs> um, so anyway, I drove myself to my appointment. I waddled around the hospital trying to find where I needed to be because it was a big hospital. I was puffed out. It seemed like every desk I went to, no one knew where I was meant to be. But eventually I met the staff I was meant to be talking to. I got taken through the whole process, given my C-section preparation kit i got weighed all of the all of the um standards prerequisites i guess Mm. before you have a cesarean and then i waddled myself down the hill to my obstetrician's office i met with him we went through the same thing i asked some questions he spoke about the process and then at the end of the appointment he would always check the boy's progress so i jumped up on the table he put the thingy on my tummy and scanned my belly and he said oh Oh, okay. Twin A, because when you have two babies, they call them twin A and twin B or baby A, baby B. And he said, baby A is actually having heart deceleration. So I'm going to send you straight over to the hospital now to be put on a trace scan and we will just monitor his heartbeat. And before that, he said, you're going to need to go and have a blood test. So he sent me straight across to the um, pathology lab to have a blood test and I think I sent you a text message or did I call you? Um, You've suppressed those memory, details. I've got, I've got no real <laughs> clear recollection of what happened. Because he was very busy at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, pretty sure you, I'm pretty sure it would have started with a text and then it would have escalated to a call. Yeah. And it hit the panic button. Yeah, I think I actually phoned my mum first, which was probably the worst thing I could have done because she is by nature a panicker. And I rang her and I said, this is what's happening. And she got really upset, which made me get upset thinking, oh my gosh, is something seriously wrong? But anyway, I had my blood test, went over to the hospital. They put me on the trace scan. I was communicating with my mum and Matt. I called you. I think I called you on the way over to the hospital. And I was basically giving you the rundown of saying, I'm actually freaking out now because I need to be put on a monitor. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, we weren't sure what was going on. Like, is this how serious is this like is it going to affect anything mm, because you know, my obstetrician are, are his gonna be okay are you yeah. going to be okay like the demeanor of our obstetrician is very happy yeah <laughs> isn't it well, like he's a very jovial sort of person even when he's delivering news that you're unsure of if it's serious or not yeah so i was finding it hard to know my mum had freaked out so anyway i rang matt and i was saying to him Don't come because if you come all this way and it's nothing and I get sent home, then that will be annoying because we'll have two cars here. You're at work now. So I'll go on this tray scan and I'll keep you updated, which 
I did start to freak out once they put the yeah. scan on me and they were printing out all the all the statistics, I guess, on what the baby's heart was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, my mum had rung my dad, who was quite local to the hospital, and he thought it would be in everyone's best interest to come and keep me company because I was on my own, which I was really, really grateful for. But I wasn't super grateful for the way that he introduced himself to everyone <laughs> because I was in this hospital room on this trace monitor and a nurse came in and said, oh, your partner's here. And I was like, oh. That was quick. That was like like two hours away. I don't don't think so, but okay. And she said, yeah, yeah. And then they brought my dad in and he had introduced himself as the father. (laughs) He was meaning the father of me. So we had to clear that up because he kept introducing himself as the father. Like, dad, stop saying you're the father. You're the grandfather. Um, So that was a bit awkward. And then what happened? Um, so, well, you had told me not to go home first and get the hospital. I told you not to come at all. Yeah, I was I like, I'll just keep you up to date. Yeah. And I was like, at that stage, I was like, I think I might have had a couple of hours left of work. And I just said, it's happening. I've got to go. And pretty much just dropped everything. And, um, and for whatever reason, I thought, no, I'm going to go home and get the hospital bag. So we've got everything just in case we needed it. Because I had, a, it was, yeah, I was nearly two hours away. Yeah, and I did say to you on the phone, there's no point in coming and you said, but we might need, you you might need the hospital bag. And I was like, no, 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 we're having these babies on Monday. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, I did it anyway. I just brought it um, and then zipped up to the hospital. (laughs) Zipped up. So I was still there, hooked up to the scan. My obstetrician had come in and out a few times and he had said to me, look, I'm just going to monitor for another hour or so. We'll wait for your mat to get here and then we'll make a decision on what we're doing about these babies, whether we're going to have them today or we're going to have them on Monday. Matt arrives, all dusty, all dirty from work, hospital bag in hand, thank goodness. And I think shortly after that, our obstetrician came back in and said, yep, we're going to have these boys in like two hours. This afternoon. Yeah. And yep. Panic <laughs> ensued. <laughs> I don't know what came over Crickets. me. I don't know what came over me, but I panicked, didn't I? Yeah. I will, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It was much. like an anxiety attack. It was, it just hit me all of a sudden. And I remember thinking I just would crawl the walls to get out of here. I... My heart was racing. I was so afraid. I just kept thinking, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm really scared. This isn't happening. It was kind of like an out-of-body experience for me. Yeah, and I could see the the state that you were in. So I was just trying to, like, stay calm because I thought, if your mum's panicking, if everyone else is panicking then it's going to make things worse. Mm. So I just wanted to try and stay calm for you so then you could try and, like, that would hopefully spill out into you and you would sort of yeah I actually think the first thing I did when he said we were having these boys is I vomited didn't I possibly yeah I remember I I just remember that look on your face where you just didn't look color yeah just like did not look well and the last thing I wanted was for you to like be panicking or have anxiety or stressing out over this and it sounds crazy sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I was just gonna say it sounds crazy because obviously I had had you know, 36 weeks and five days to get my head around the fact that I was going to have babies. But in that moment, in that day, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to be a mom. I can't do this. I don't want to have a C-section. I don't want to. Like it was just pure fear. Yeah. 
And so we had, I think, two hours before the procedure, before the C-section was scheduled to happen. And in that time, it was just a lot of up and down. Yeah, yeah. I think your dad was still still there, like, hanging around. And Everyone cleared out pretty quickly because we had said that we didn't really want anyone at the hospital. Well, yeah, after that, yeah. Um, and then the next thing I know, it was... Well, it was prep time. It was so, prep time. Yeah, so don the scrubs. Yeah, um, get onto the gurney. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really remember those couple of hours in between too much. Like, I remember sitting there, like, with you, but I don't really remember too much about... I think you were just trying to talk me. Yeah. Try and keep me calm. But I remember very specifically and clearly being put on the bed, wheeled into that little room. If you've ever had a cesarean, you'll know they take you into this little space before going into the theater. It's like an in-between room. Yeah, like a transition room. And I can just remember all of the nurses, all of the staff, everyone was so happy. And I remember looking at Matt and Matt was smiling and the staff were talking about having chocolate cake in the lunchroom. And I just remember thinking, what the actual fuck? Like, why is everyone so happy? Don't you people know that I am freaking out and like it just I just couldn't make sense of it in my mind and then before I knew it I was sent through to the theater and because I would be having an epidural for the c-section Matt had to stay in that little transition box room and there was a window hey you were just yeah I was like I kind of paced back and forth a little bit like do I go and watch like I don't want people to see that I'm like peeping through and that could make someone make a mistake or anything so I just sort of I'll sit down and just wait until I'm called in sort of thing. And then I thought, no, I'm just going to have a sneaky little peek. So so I got up and and peered through the window and all I could see was like the whole team sort of running around. There's so many people in the room for a C-section when there's twins. Yeah. So this was just before they gave you the epidural. So you were sort of like sitting on the side of the bed, kind not fully hunched over, but slightly hunched. And the anaesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Matt wrote down how to pronounce anaesthetist. Anaesthetist. Oh, gosh. Oh, stuffed it. I was relying on you now. And, that's it. and then it's I crumbled. stuffed it. Anyway. Anaesthetist. Yep. So yep. she, like, just as I looked and saw what was happening, that was when she, bam, stuck that sucker into your back. Um, and I could just see your whole body flinch. And... Yeah, see, I I don't actually even remember the feeling of the epidural. I've been asked this before, like, what did that feel like, like a big needle going into your spine? And honestly, I was in such a panicked state, I don't recall the pain of it. All I remember is, thankfully, we had a family friend on duty that day, and she was in the room. So she was one of the midwives who was on board for the procedure, So for the delivery, I guess, her name was Ruth. And so Ruth was standing in front of me and she was getting me to calm down and she was holding my hands and doing the look into my eyes, take deep breaths with me. Then she gave me a pillow and she said, all right, you need to make a C with your spine and you need to hunch forward and we're going to get this epidural in. And I really can't recall any pain, like I don't, I don't know whether I felt pain. Matt says I flinched, but you've got to stay very, very still, so um, yeah, it was over, but Matt said it was a huge needle. Oh yeah. And I mean, I know you've got a very high pain threshold and I, and I think you handled it like phenomenally, but I just don't, I just like when you see your partner, 
when you see something like that happen to your partner, you can't help but feel like a bit of pain for them. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it just happens so quickly, hey. It's like, bang, oh, lie down, Matt's in, like, Matt's by my side holding my hand. Um, yeah, that, I was in and everyone was like, all right, have you got your, your camera and everything ready? And I was like, <laughs> let's go. Well, all right, let's, let's do this. And then they, hold, they held a piece of ice down my legs and my stomach to see if I could feel it. I went numb very, very quickly. Again, I don't remember feeling like, oh, this is weird that I can't feel my legs. And I do wonder if I was calmer and not panicking, whether I would have been more in my body and noticed that sensation of losing the loss of feeling in that half of my body. But it just all happens so quickly. And I just remember lying down, the sheet was up in front of me, Matt was by my side, so Matt on one side, then then the anesthetist, anesthetist. Oh my gosh, anesthetist, anesthetist. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was Russian, so she was Russian, and she was by my side on the other on the other shoulder, and it's just a strange feeling. I could just feel pressure on my abdomen and kind of a tugging sensation, and bang, like within a minute. No. Well, hang on. You started panicking. You started freaking out. Oh, yeah. No, I was. I was like, I'm dying. Yeah. You were yeah. like fully freaking mm. out. And and there was like the, the screen right in front of us like with, with my stats. With and I was, say, I was saying to the lady, my heart, my heart is racing. Like something's wrong with my heart. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Like, oh, and then oh my God, I remember like cry. looking at her, looking at the screen and she's like, no, no, you know, like, <laughs> you just, everything's fine. You're just going to feel a bit of rummaging in the handbag. You yeah, know. she's a little bit more rummaging in the handbag and then you'll have a baby, then you'll have your <laughs> other baby. And I'm looking at Matt thinking, did she really just refer to my body as a handbag or am I hallucinating? I was like, have you seen Kylie's handbag? You can't find anything in there. <laughs> that you open, it, open the zip and the rubbish flies out. just made panic more. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I was. I And I was itchy. I was remember I was so itchy and I was yeah. just scratching my chest, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. scratching my chest so much that I was actually bleeding. Oh, I don't know whether this podcast is going to make anyone feel good. <laughs> These are repressed, repressed memories. Repressed memories. No, I do remember them, but um, I really was freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it all happened very very quickly, and they said straight away like, "Baby A's out," and it's a boy, which we knew they were both boys. But they popped his little head above the blanket so I could see him. And then I was looking at Matt and it still it just, felt, just felt like such an out-of-body experience. And then before I knew it, I well, met... The Ruth, I think Ruth was like right there Yeah, with, in, to get baby A yeah. out first. Baby A has got red hair. <laughs> yeah, she has a thick little Scottish accent. A. Oh, he's got red hair. <laughs> oh, he's got red hair like your mum. <laughs> and I'm freaking out. I'm like, great. Yeah, put him back in. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then baby, a, baby B was out a minute later. And again, Ruth with the updates. And then before I knew it, they were wrapped in blankets and they were right up near my face. And I have this beautiful photo, which I'll post when this podcast goes live. And I've shared it before of the boys right next to me. And that capture is so, so beautiful, but it's really not a representation of how I was feeling, was it? Because uh, I was still like, I was like looking at them and trying to take them in, but I was still freaking out. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, a, like a beautiful moment nonetheless. Like I know you mm. weren't in a great, in a great <laughs> situation, but just to see both of them. 
by your side. I don't know. It was, I think it was a were, lot of emotions all at, at the one all time, at once, but it was yeah. good to capture that, I think. Yeah, you were far more in the moment and present than I was. Yeah, well. Yeah, because I was really, really out of my body and really struggling, which I hate to admit because I wish that. I wish I could say, oh, it was just the most peaceful delivery and I was feeling amazing and I was feeling, you know, all of those wonderful things that you hope that you'll feel. But I just have to be honest and say I really was freaking out still. Um, and then the next thing I remember was my obstetrician saying to my Matt, Matt, it's time to cut the cords. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I was saying to Matt, no, 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 no. Don't, like, don't you leave my side. Like, I'm still yeah. pretty sure I'm dying. Oh, I had to stretch over. Yeah. Right. And then I said, no, it's okay. And then the next thing they said, all right, the babies are going to be going to special care. So, Matt, you'll be going with them. And again, I looked at you and I was saying, don't, like... Don't leave me. Don't leave me. And then I had a moment of clarity of going, no, of course he's got to go with the boys. And we spoke about this because we knew there was a high probability they would go straight to special care, being born early and being twins. And so I had that moment of clarity of going, no, no way. Of course, he's going with the boys. And off you guys went. Yeah. Well, I think we missed a crucial a crucial part in there. Did we? Yeah. So, yes, I got to cut the cord and I got to see the placenta and I got to see both boys placentas. get... Placentas. Placentas. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see both of them get cleaned um, and weighed and checked over and all that sort of stuff, which was magical. Um and I also got to look at their feet and their feet look exactly like your feet. And I think I said that to you. I was like, they've definitely got your feet. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was all such a, like, such a rush, wasn't it? It all just happened so quick. And before you knew it, we were out of there. And we yeah. Were getting, it oh. really did happen so fast. Um, or maybe it, did, maybe it just felt like it was really fast, but it probably wasn't. It wasn't like, I don't know. It was a quick process. And then, anyway, so Matt went with the boys to special care and I got wheeled into recovery after I was stitched up. And I'll let you talk about your special care experience and what that was like for you. But I was in recovery and that's when I started to finally calm down because a student nurse, a student midwife, excuse me, who had been there throughout the whole process and had seen me freaking out, Mm. came into me with photos of Matt and the boys. And that was like the most precious moment. I just cannot, I cannot express how grateful I was and am for that student midwife taking the time to capture photos and bring them straight to me in recovery. I just thought that was, yeah, that little bit of kindness just changed, changed things for me. And that was the moment. And again, I'll, I'll have to post this photo as well of Matt and the boys. It's Matt in his scrubs by the little incubator thing and that was the moment where I went oh I'm a mom like okay our boys are here and I started to feel much much calmer and I was getting sensation back in my legs as well I was still very itchy though yeah well I I remember that and and just how um how calming that was for that that midwife to be able to bring the photos up and show you and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, it was the reassurance and I guess the support I needed because you were gone with yeah. the boys. And honestly, like it's it's hard. I mean, it's such a, a big thing. But if you're a doctor or a nurse that do this all the time, you you kind of do. It wasn't a big thing for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's such a. That's what I'm trying to say. It's such a special moment in time, and and also a, a highly stressful time for some that. They can kind of 
I don't know, I guess... A little bit it, of care. You get a bit, little bit numb to the how special and precious that, that sort of time can be. Mm. And I know for like in my role, like we sort of do that as well. You just, you become numb to, well, this is like a really Matt's life. a firefighter now. This is a life changing event for these people. And for you, it's just another day at the office type thing. So yeah, and it did, it's hard to. It did feel like that. Yeah. So. But that little bit of care from that uh, midwife just went such a long way. Yeah. But what was it like for you, I guess, leaving me and going into special care and all of that? Yeah, well, it was kind of like a double-edged sword. Like I definitely did not want to leave you, but I didn't really have a choice. Like I had to go with the kids. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a roller coaster of emotions because on one hand I was like, wow, I cannot believe they've been, they're born, they're here. Look how awesome they are. Like we've, these are our, our two boys that we've, you know, We've created them. We've waited so long to see yeah, them. Yeah, and just like, just I remember just being in awe of like watching them move and their little like eyes and feet and hands and, you know, it's yeah. really cool to see. Um, but at the same time, I was scared because I was, I was worried about you. I was worried about them being in special care. Um, you know, I wasn't sure how they were going to go. Like I wasn't really... I guess I was a bit oblivious to the whole process of going into special care and what that sort of entailed. Um, but yeah, I guess it's more just a, more of a case to, for us anyway, it was more a case of just monitoring them, making sure that everything was okay mm-hmm. and that they were going to feed all right because they were so, they were so small. small. So they were baby, baby A was 2.5 kilograms and baby B was 2.4 kilograms. And I had, in the last few weeks of pregnancy, been hand-expressing colostrum and storing that in syringes under the advice of my obstetrician. And again, I am not suggesting you do that for your pregnancy, but that's what we felt comfortable with and my obstetrician felt comfortable with. And so in my mind, I thought we had like this whole freezer pack full of colostrum. I thought that would be amazing that the boys would get that straight away. But they just went through that so fast, didn't oh, they? No, yeah, we are like, we've got a massive supply here and they're like, it's gone. Um, and baby B was put on a feeding tube as well. And they yeah. were a bit jaundiced and they just wanted to monitor them, hey? Yeah. But what was that, I guess? How long it, do you think it was until I got wheeled into recovery? Oh. I mean, into the special um, care. I don't know, maybe an hour? Yeah, so I I really can't say for sure, yeah. but I, I was once I got feeling back in my legs, I was able to be wheeled into the special care nursery and hold um, baby A, and we tried to I tried to put him at the breast, um, and he fed a little bit, and I wasn't able to hold baby B. They didn't want him to be held yeah. yet, did they? Which is really it was hard. really hard, really really hard. Yeah. So. Um, and I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them before I was sent to my room. And I think now, like wheeled to my room, now looking back, a lot of the things that happened, had I known what I know now, I would have been so much more vocal in my rights. Mm. At the time, I feel like we really went with the flow a yeah. lot, just trusting in what the experts or what the medical staff said, which, you know, it's only the beauty of hindsight that you go, oh, maybe I should have questioned that because you just want the best for your babies. But that was how it happened. And then the next day I was able to hold, we were both able to hold baby B 
And that was just like the best moment ever, hey, being able to hold them both. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. And so that night you didn't stay, did you? You weren't allowed to stay that night. No. Yeah. Uh, no, not the first night. You weren't allowed to stay until we roomed in with them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Matt had, Matt, you had to go home that night and I was given painkillers so that I could sleep because a C-section, even though it was a quick and, you know, efficient procedure, it's still surgery. And so I remember waking up a couple of times that night in pain with my, I had shoulder pain, which um, no one really tells you that you can get after a cesarean, but apparently it's trapped gases and I had major, major pains in my shoulders. And so once the catheter was out, I was encouraged to stand up on my own. You kind well, I kind of felt as though I needed help and support to stand and have a shower and things like that. But they really, at the time of our C-section, which was in 2013, we were encouraged, to, I was encouraged to do everything on my own, I guess, to build strength back up quickly. So I remember having a shower and just feeling so dizzy and I had to call out to the nurse because I just, I couldn't do it. Mm. I had to press the bell and I was like, look, you need to stay with me. I'm going to pass out. Um, so she did that and she helped me get dressed. I had my pressure, my compression stockings on. Your Magic Johnson socks. My Magic Johnson socks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then Matt had arrived and we were finally able to shuffle me, shuffle down the hall. So I'd gone from a waddle to a shuffle down the hall to see our beautiful boys. Yep. In yeah. In special care. Yeah. And and it was really good to be able to see them. Like it was... Yeah. I feel like that was... That's when I started to have my proper bonding moment, hey, yeah, like yeah. being able to sit there and hold them both was just the moment I had waited for for so long and try and attempt to tandem feed them. But just to be able to hold them both on my chest and just to see Matt holding them both was yeah. really, really cool. But at the same time, we weren't allowed to like keep picking them up and putting them down. Like it kind of, it was like, okay, have a cuddle and then in back they go and let's just let them rest and recover and Yeah. And that's one of the things, again, that I always query in my memory of thinking, would, would I, you know, abide by all of those rules if we were in that situation again? Probably not. I probably would have insisted more on my own rights. But again, at the time, you're just doing what you think is best. And one of the hardest things that I found throughout the whole process when it comes to having the boys in hospital was with each change of shift, new staff would clock on and with each new staff member came a whole new way of doing things right and a whole new set of opinions and at some points I definitely felt like I was forever trying to catch up to please and appease the staff like you know one midwife sorry one one nurse would say to you this is the way that you feed your baby and so I'd try and do it that way yeah and then someone else would start and they'd say who told you to do that that's completely wrong wrong." um and there's just so many conflicting opinions and I'm sure they all meant well, but holy shit, that is so overwhelming for a new parent, hey? It was really stressful. It was. every new person, like, I don't know, I think throughout the 24 period there was like three changeovers mm. and each person would be like, oh no, do this. Or you would, or they, sometimes they would miss some like important information to pass on. Yeah. And we'd be like, no, they actually did feed, you know, like at this time or yeah. they had this many meals, you know, like, should you not have been told that? Yeah, I remember one of the, this probably isn't a good thing to share, but I remember one of the staff members in the special care unit had been saying she just had a tooth pulled and she was on really strong medication and she wasn't thinking clearly. And I was like, okay, 
you're in charge of a lot of babies right now. (laughs) Maybe you should have called in sick. Um, In saying that though, like I know, okay, we've just given them a bit of a bad rap, but overall, overall, like the work that they do in that. Oh, hundred percent. And even when I say like there was different opinions, like I said, each and every one of those person, people genuinely thought their opinion was right. Yeah, and they were to some extent. Yeah, because it was based off their experience. That's right, yeah, yeah. And there were some amazing staff in there. Like there was an older gentleman called Ray. Do you remember him? Yeah. Like he just felt like a grandpa, hey? Yeah. Like he'd just be sitting in there and I've got a photo of him holding one of the boys and he's got like... How would you describe that hold? Like his thumb pistol and his grip. pistol grip, like around one of their necks, just like just, to hold just him nursing yeah. him while yeah. he like while he was trying to get some wind up. There's a lot of love yeah. and special care for sure. Yeah, but there is also rules. You know, only two people can go in at a time, so that meant that grandparents had to share being able to go in and visit. And if grandparents were in there visiting with the boys, that meant that Matt and I weren't in there. Mm. So it was a whole lot of different dynamics. Yeah, I also saw the biggest baby of my life. Oh my gosh, remember that baby was like a toddler. (laughs) It was the biggest thing I've ever seen, (laughs) biggest baby I've ever seen. When it came in, it was like, because our kids were so small, so naturally I was just comparing every other person's kids to ours, and this thing came in. Is that a thing? Sorry. This baby came in, bright pink. (laughs) I just thought it looked like a little pig. Well. Like, oh my gosh, Matt! But it just was—it was huge. It was—it was the he, biggest. He, he he. Sorry, my mistake. Oh my gosh! He was the biggest baby I've ever seen. I and when remember. when his mum came through, I just thought, how how you poor thing? How has how has that baby come out of you? I have oh no gosh. idea. I his remember. Head was bigger than mine. Stop it. Remember Matt saying, someone get that man a chair. <laughs> Talking about this baby because it was, like, I just, he was I huge. I was just like, I'm, I, honestly, I was just so dumbfounded by the size of this baby. I could not believe it. I was like, have you guys got the tape measure out? This could be a Guinness Book of Records type thing. And like, I'm not laughing at this baby because this baby was super, super cute. Was I'm cute laughing at Matt's cute. reaction of just being like in shock because of how small our boys yeah. were in comparison to this very healthy baby. Oh, and that, and that's what it was. I was just like, I couldn't, I don't Couldn't know. get your head around it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Back to our story. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure how you're going to come off in this podcast. <laughs> I'm just telling it how it is. It's, yeah, it's good. Um, and so we had the boys on a Friday. <laughs> I was discharged on the Tuesday, I want to say, or the Monday maybe. Mm, yeah, Friday. One of those. Friday, Saturday, Monday Sunday. I was discharged on the Monday because I'd pushed for an extra day um, and the boys stayed in hospital and that was so hard for me and I feel like it was definitely way harder on me than it was on Matt because he'd been leaving the hospital each night and I could be wrong. But for me, walking out of that hospital without my babies in my arms or without my babies in my stomach, like in my belly, like I just, I really struggled with that, didn't I? Well... Yeah, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember. You got discharged, yeah, and we weren't allowed to stay, but we were allowed to stay when they came out of. No, we were expected to be there for feeds, so we were expected to be there for the three hourly feeds. Yeah. And at this point, we lived a good 45, 50 minutes from the hospital, so we stayed at my parents' house, which was far closer. It was about 15 minutes. But just I remember walking out of the hospital and being like, oh, like this is just so wrong. 
And I think everyone around me was saying like, go home, have a shower, rest. This is a chance to just recover, eat some food and then come back for the next feed. Clean the Magic Johnson socks. (laughs) Oh my gosh, stop it. But I just kept, I just remember crying. I was just being like, this is so wrong. I shouldn't be leaving. It just didn't feel right, did it? No. And there was so many emotions that I didn't expect. And I think processing the, the way that the birth had happened was really hitting me. Like I was trying to adapt, trying to get my head around how the delivery went, how I panicked, just the whole process. Yeah. But anyway, I guess we um, we could we could go on and on about that week where the boys were in special care and we were in and out and trying to learn to feed and trying to be there for all of the feeds and all of that stuff. But they were discharged a week later, so on the Friday. So the Thursday night before we were discharged, we were all allowed to room in together and Matt was allowed to stay that night. Yeah. And so that was really cool to have our first night as a family. Yeah. So on a single bed. <laughs> and like with them next to the bed, mm, and it was a real reality hit. Hey, like, oh, we, I don't think we got much sleep. No, if any, maybe an hour. Yeah, an hour or so. When I, I say it was really cool to have us all as a family unit, that also includes like just continually calling the midwives to help us feed them and help us latch them. And I remember at one point, I had a nurse holding one breast. And one baby and Matt holding another breast and another baby. And like we were just, all of us were just trying to get these babies to feed. It was a long night. Uh, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I remember thinking well, it's 3am or 3.30am and we're trying to do this like, like in my head, I was like, we're trying to do this now, <laughs> but now it's 3.30 in the morning, but we're, we're going for it now. And, and, and like, you know. And I'm trying the football holes and I'm trying the turn of feed and it was it was a lot. Yeah. But there were also a lot of laughs, which I oh, remember yeah. just being in so much pain because when you get tired, Matt, like, I think you're funny anyway, but you become funnier. Yeah, well, I'll take that. You're making me laugh. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the boys were discharged on a Friday and we were off. And we got to, see, well, actually, we got to see them, like, we got, kind of got to dress them a little bit too, like, put little beanies and stuff on them. Yeah, that was the first time we had them in our own clothes, because in special care, they just insist on using their own clothes, hey? Yeah. And the, those clothes were swimming on them, and so we finally got to put some little outfits on them, beanies, our own swaddles. Do you remember their little nappies? Yeah, like, I remember their little nappies. Like, just not normal nappies that you can buy at Coles or anything. No, like, they're these the, are the like, premie nappies. Yeah, they're super tiny. Yeah, and Matt had actually gone home to get the boys' clothes and he came back with a double zero suit for both of them. Was it double or triple? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I've got a photo of it and it's like across both of the boys. Yeah, you know, that one like that says, like, big. my dad surfs better than yours. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But you had to go and buy so many more clothes because we needed to get, like, five zeros yeah, and the five so zeros small. were swimming on them. Yeah. But I remember that moment of getting them home, putting them on our bed in our master room, and we were like, now what? Well, even in the car. Yeah, it was so weird, like, wasn't it? Going, oh, oh, You're just man. driving so slowly over every speed bump. Poor guys are going to feel every bump. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that night we all slept in one room together because we just didn't know what else to do, hey? I know, we're like, well, here's our room, but what do we do? Yeah, because we couldn't fit two bassinets into our master at that stage. So we all just camped out in the one room and... Mm-hmm. Two cots. Yeah. I think we put the mattress down. You and I slept down on a mattress. Yeah, the boys were in one cot. We had two cots in there, but they were yeah. sharing one. Sorry, yeah. Yep. But yeah, that was our first night. Yeah, I don't think we had much sleep that night either. Yeah. <laughs> for the next 
three, four months. Yeah. But anyway, that would probably be another podcast if we spoke about the early months of having twins. But that is, in a nutshell, our birth story. Mm-hmm. Hey. And I just, I guess I wanted to just add to that to say that if you have had a delivery similar to mine where it wasn't your ideal situation, just know that with time you can make peace with it and not everyone gets the perfect delivery. And that doesn't mean that the love you have for your babies is any less and it doesn't mean that the bond that you have with them is any less. It just means it takes a little bit of time for you to get your head around it. Yeah, I think everyone's no two births are the same. Um, they're all unique and special and some people are fortunate enough to have great experiences, others not so great. But And just know that you in, in every moment you have done your absolute best. Yeah, I think that's all you can do. So, And just, um, yeah, I guess be comfortable with that. Yeah, and it can take some time. But anyway, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. As always, let us know. I feel like I always say this, but my most favorite thing is when you guys upload an Instagram story and tag me and let me know where you're listening to the podcast and make sure you tag Matt as well. Uh, Matt doing things. Underscore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I am at Kylie Camps and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We will chat with you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.